0: You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion Series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 21, verses 1 through 34, Job's thoughts on why the wicked prosper. Job's friends may have come with good intentions, but they haven't produced good results. If we wish to encourage someone who is suffering, There are times when we must stop acting like we have all the answers and admit that our friend's distress is beyond our grasp. Job responds to Zophar's rebuke and by doing so groups all three friends together since their arguments are similar. He asks them to just listen to him first and afterwards they can continue their mockery. I've mentioned before I appreciate that Job can be sarcastic in the midst of his pain. He says, Bear with me while I speak, and after I have spoken, mock on. He tells them he isn't complaining to them, but to God. He tells them they should look at him and be appalled, and then clap their hands over their mouths and be quiet. That was their first reaction to Job when they first saw him and didn't recognize him. But since then they have shown nothing but contempt for Job in his suffering. They have figuratively kicked him while he was down. Then he challenges their world view, that God blesses the godly and judges the wicked. He says that contrary to their view, he had seen the wicked grow old and powerful, have their children happy and established, a safe home with no fear, their livestock are prolific breeders, they are prosperous, and then they die a quick, peaceful death. He especially described their children as happy, singing and dancing. No doubt he remembered happy times with his own children, now gone forever. Yet these good things do not come to the wicked because they worship God. Far from it, they tell God to leave them alone. They are disinterested in God. They ask, who is the Almighty that we should serve him? What would we gain by praying to him? They, didn't know, they don't know God, nor do they care to. And they can't see what's in it for them, so they make no effort. Proverbs thirty seven to 9 shows the danger of denying God if we are rich. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Then he says that even their prosperity is not of their own doing, but God's. He has given them this. If his friends understand God's sovereignty, which they claim to, then surely they must admit it to be true. Job asks how often the wicked are actually punished in this life. How often are they swept away like chaff and straw? Job wishes that instead of the punishment being stored up for the next generation, the wicked should experience some of it for themselves in this life. Let their own eyes see their destruction. Let them drink the cup of the wrath of the Almighty. For what do they care about their families they leave behind when their allotted months come to an end? These people are so wicked that they don't care if their children have to suffer the consequences of their actions. Job said they had come to these wrong conclusions because they were trying to tell God how he must deal with people. Then, to show that neither extreme view is always true, he shows that in spite of whether a person is wicked or holy, suffering or prosperous, they have this in common, they will both die and be laid in the ground at death. One person dies in full vigor, completely secure and at ease, well nourished in body, bones rich with marrow. Another dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. Side by side they lie in the dust and worms cover them both. He says this to show the error of their absolutist world view. Differences between people's circumstances in this life aren't worth worrying about. Job knows that they're already thinking about how to rebut his argument to show him he's wrong. They would claim the wicked are no more. But their view was contradicted by facts. He would have them ask those who travel what they've witnessed around the world. They would report the wicked are often spared from calamity and wrath. No one denounces their conduct or repays them for what they've done. They are carried from their beds to their ornate graves and their tombs are guarded. Even their burial site is elaborate. But to look forward to a wonderful funeral, extravagant monument and a lovely view from their tombstone is nothing to boast about. The wicked will eventually die as countless numbers of people have gone before them and will follow after. If blessing and cursing are examined only by what we see in this life, then this universe is very unfair. Millions of good people suffer horribly, while many evil people live well and die in their sleep at an old age. But there is another world... While his friends may have intended to defend God's justice, that didn't mean they should ignore the facts. It's not a virtue to distort the truth. It's after the grave that wrongs and injustices are addressed and punished. We must never take vengeance but trust in the wisdom of God to plead our case. He is the judge of all the earth, and he will do what is right. Ultimate justice will have its day. But this is not that day. But this is still the day of grace. He concludes that their arguments amount to nonsense and falsehood and do nothing to console him. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Job told them to put their hands over their mouths. This is a sign that you recognize you have no defense and need to shut up. Job described the respect he once had from other elders. He would also do this himself. Paul says this is the condition of sinners when the law convicts them of sin. The problem of evil and why the wicked prosper has been pondered since time began. Someone asked Jesus about it and he corrected them. They were asking the wrong question. It wasn't length of life or manner of death that was the deciding factor of of God's favor, but whether or not they had repented. Job said rich and poor, faithful and wicked, had this in common, death. Solomon said, and others said the same. The writer to the Hebrews said, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. The only consolation that makes death easier for the believer is that Christ has died before us and has died for us. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P. H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 22. May God bless the study of his word.